We are going on tour. The Glamorous Trash Podcast and my book tour have collabed and we're coming to a city near you. Click the link in the show notes to to get all of the deets. We're coming to New York City. On June 4th, we are kicking off an event with Jon Stewart. No big deal. That's our very first show in New York City. Then we're coming to Washington, D.C., Nashville, Chicago, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, Seattle, Portland, and Los Angeles. So get your tickets now. We are doing three different events because, you know, I'm always doing the most. That's just on brand, right? First, there's a glamorous trash party. It's the podcast meets the book tour meets Coachella, a live show featuring podcast segments, book segments, a very special guest. And of course, there's a runway walk at the end for people to show off their fits because the dress code to every event is obviously glamorous trash. We are also doing a cookie country club. It's the anti-country club country club. And it's very dreamy. You get like a bunch of products. There's little events. And it's a more intimate event where you meet other cookies and listen to a book chat with what me and another special guest and then the final event the behind the bangs writing workshop i finally did it put it together put together this workshop because i wrote this book in many ways for younger me and younger me would not have gotten off her couch unless there was also a workshop being taught i wanted the gyms i wanted i wanted the knowledge i wanted the education that's what i would have wanted so i've decided i'm doing it and in the workshop is going to be the six writing gyms that took me forever to learn 15 years in my 15 year career as a tv writer and author and blah 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 all the other things i've written there are six things that i always use and all of those are in this workshop so if you have an interest in writing sign up all the ticket links are live today click the show notes click my instagram we are coming to a city near you and there's going to be some meet and greets i'll sign some copies of books we'll give out more books and i have uh, some pieces of merch that i'm taking on the road and i'm gonna give them out at the shows Welcome to Celebrity Book Club. This is a podcast that recaps and celebrates female celebrity memoirs. I'm your host, Chelsea Devantes. I'm a TV writer, comedian, and filmmaker, and sometimes I'm in stuff too. This week, we are book clubbing two different books from the same woman. One of my guests read one book and one of my guests read the other. Now, this woman is known by many names. You may know her as the video vixen, Corinne Steffens, or from the name Superhead. She was in over 20 hip hop and music videos in the early 2000s and became famous when she wrote her first memoir, Confessions of a Video Vixen, in 2005, and she spilled the tea on her relationships with everyone. I mean, everyone. The dudes you're about to hear about are ranging from DMX to Usher to Bobby Brown, Shaq, Damon Dash, Vin Diesel, Limp Biscuit, and his penis piercing. Then she wrote another memoir, Diaries of a Video Vixen, in 2007, and came back even later with another memoir. So we are talking about the first two books today. This will be a sexually graphic episode, so please know that it will get graphic. My two guests today each read one of her books. Now let's dive into the mess. First person I bumped into out was Ja Rule at a club, and it was five days of nonstop sex. I opened the door and it's Shaquille O'Neal. That's how my life works. He said, the furniture is too small. I can't even sit on this couch. So um, tomorrow we're going to wire some money into your account. You'll get a big screen TV. You'll get some bigger furniture. 
you'll get a bigger bed for yourself, and you're just gonna redo the whole thing. He said to me, you're my woman now, there you go. $10,000, you're my woman. Our guests today are the brilliant women behind the hit show, Two Black Girls, One Rose, a podcast discovering what we can learn about modern dating, love, and relationships from popular television. I was recently on there, just to plug myself, talking about Married at First Sight. They have been named one of 50 best podcasts to listen to right now by Time Magazine. They've been featured on ABC News, in the Washington Post, the LA Times. They are everywhere. Please welcome Justin Kay and Natasha Scott Reichel. Hi, you guys. Hi, hey, Chelsea. I'm so happy to see you again after yes. discussing this season of Married at First Sight. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes. Very different episode today. <laughs> Very different episode. What made you guys choose the video vixen when you saw her on the list? Oof. I, I've always known who Corinne Stephens' Superhead was. I grew up watching music videos. I have an older brother, so I grew up with like an older brother in high school and like uh growing up with like hip-hop at that time and so she's someone i've always been familiar with and her story has always intrigued me because i knew this is someone who has a story even her name superhead there's like going to be an origins to like where that came from and so yeah i'm very interested to hear this woman here i did the audiobook so hear her tell her story um from her own mouth okay okay justine yeah. Were you on that same vibe? Definitely. I always grew up knowing who, like, Superhead, Melissa Ford, like, all the famous video vixens of the time mm-hmm. and the era were. They were always very fascinating to me how the beauty standard, you had to be, like, fat and skinny at the same time. Like, that was, like, always <laughs> really interesting. Um, yeah, and yeah. Did, obviously internally damaging. Um, but also, on the flip side, I now, as a podcaster, listen to lip service, horrible uh, call her daddy, like all of these kind of confessions of a regular girl, um, mm-hmm. podcasts and audio storytelling. And so one of the, she calls herself the OG, but one of the OGs of confessing your sex tales and just reading her book back in 05, um, I thought would be just really interesting to see how people have changed in terms of telling their sex tales now versus back mm-hmm. then. That is so fascinating. And yes, please chime in with all of that. Cause I've listened mm-hmm. to a little bit of call her daddy. Also, um, guys, we fucked. Oh yeah. Guys, we um, fucked. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. Okay. I also, I never do the audiobooks. I always read cause I'm always like taking the notes, notes uh-huh. and yes. writing things. <laughs> and, um, you know, I moved my office and I looked up Corinne's book and it said it was five hours. And I said, you know what? I bet five hours is how long it's going to take me to like unpack things. So I listened to it too okay. and found it traumatizing, devastating. I don't know yeah. if I'll ever listen to an audiobook again. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, damn. Ever, ever. <laughs> I, <laughs> I always say on this podcast, like the dark memoirs are my favorite ones, but I mm. realize that it is, uh, that when I'm reading a physical book, I, ha- I'm able to have some distance. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. her audiobook, one, we've got some, she's dropping a beat pretty frequently between chapters that is a disturbing it's disturbing (laughs) because for the first half of the book it is just severe severe trauma yeah Mm -hmm. then it immediately goes into extremely descriptive sex scenes Mm -hmm. and i I couldn't transition between the two because she's also a very descriptive writer. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really skip Mm -hmm. over things. She really puts you in the moment and makes you live each moment, no matter what that moment is. And Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'd be like, 
so much trauma. And then she'd be like, okay, Lip Biscuit's penis looked like this. And then it would be, and then a beat would come in and it'd be like, and I was like, weird beat. Oh my God, yeah. I was like, I can't. I felt like I was like falling to my knees at sometimes, like as I was like trying to put books away. Okay, so Justine, you read her second book. Me and Natasha read her first book. So let's start with the first book. Then we will talk about the second book and the relationship these books have to each other. Wow. Now we got to dive in. We got to get to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's give a little overview of in the first book, she talks about her childhood, which is, uh, is just brutal is not really mm-hmm. enough to describe it. Mm-hmm. She's born in the Virgin islands. Her mom actively, um, does not like her, could say hates her, manipulates her, beats her, tries to make her seem less than not worthy of nice things. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's sort of like a direct line to her wanting a Mercedes, wanting designer things, yeah. wanting to sure. wanting power. Like she's always trying to prove that she's worthy of nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Runs away from home, lives with her dad for a little bit. I just, it's still in my head. Listening to it was really, really difficult. She um, is, is raped at 14, I believe. Yeah. yeah 14, and, 15. Uh, while her best friend and some other guys are in the bed around what uh, there's like two they beds were in the, the bed there oh, there the there were two beds in the room so they were on okay. the other yeah. bed Whoa. and they yeah. hear her screaming and do nothing in it i mean it's just awful yeah. and yeah and and from there she gets into a relationship with cool g rap can mm-hmm. we give a little chuckle to that name Right, like, I know. Cool G you rap. know, I'm sure at the time Jeez. it was fine, uh, yes. but like, cool G rap. That ain't gonna fly now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she meets him because she's dancing at a party he's at, and he says, "You're my wife now." And mm-hmm. they, uh, he is the father of her child. It's a really abusive relationship. And yeah. tell me if you felt the same, Natasha, it, when mm-hmm. hearing this, but. I mean, it felt like she skipped um, three hours of content when she basically said, like, I was trying to get away from G, as in cool G rap. And mm-hmm. someone said I would be good friends with Ice-T. And so Ice-T and I talked on the phone. He was, like, so nice. And he, like, gave me the money to get away from this relationship because he was just, like, a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. And then she's mm-hmm. in L.A. And I said, what? What, what happened? <laughs> yeah. That, that that kind of happened a couple times throughout the book where um, she, I, I don't know for the sake of the book and not making it too long, lengthy or whatnot, but she kind of like skims over and suddenly, you know, she bumps into Ja Rule and it's like, what? Or suddenly now Ice-T is in the picture and you kind of miss some things in between there. But I think that part of her life with G was such a traumatic time of her life. I mean, one memory that stuck out is when he basically kicked her out of the house when she was pregnant and told her to go to a shelter. And I feel like there's probably moments of that time that she kind of blocks. And so Mm. she kind of paints Ice-T as this savior that Mm -hmm. kind of swoops in. We don't need to know how he arrived or the too much about it, Mm. but now he's here now and we can forget about G. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And G also beyond the physical violence and trauma leaves a bunch of bills in her name. So her Mm -hmm. credits destroys. What? Yeah, he was the worst. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, oh, that's like sometimes the worst trauma because it means you can never. Yeah. You can never help yourself out. Recover. You never have it. Yeah, you can right. never recover. Right. And he also stops right. her from going to school. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then mm. my highlight from Ice-T is that uh, 
he taught her to only ever hold the pinky to let a man know. Because if you hold his whole hand, you want too much of him. But if Mm -hmm. you just hold his pinky, then you want just enough of him because he married. (laughs) Yeah, girl, what? (laughs) That was was such an odd... Yeah, I almost wish she didn't tell us that. I just kept picturing her just walking around with him on the streets of, like, L.A., just dangling onto his pinky. It's so weird. (laughs) I know, I was like... And she framed it nice. She like, he taught me to only hold yeah. the pinky. It was like, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So, and so, um, Justine, yeah. when does Diaries pick up? Does it go over any of this time? Not really. No. Okay, so it's its own new thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Natasha, I think let's mm-hmm. go through some highlights of the book and yeah. just Justine pipe in yeah. and then we're going to go to the second book. So okay. she then meets someone who is introduced as like the sexiest, the most beautiful, incredible <laughs> God of a man. Oh, Justine, yeah. do you have any guesses of who this it's is? It's got to be somebody musty. It's got to be Bobby Brown <laughs> or Ray J or DFX. <laughs> Somebody You're musty. <laughs> oh, God. It's Ja Rule. Oh, ja Rule. No. <laughs> Love God. at first sight. Oh, my, the way they painted what? him when he came into the scene, I was like, are we seriously talking about Ja Rule right now? Corinne. Yeah. Corinne. Yeah, it is known. Yeah. It is a known fact that Ja Rule is five foot four. Yes, that is He's what tiny. I was thinking. I was like, I'm yeah. sorry. Petite. He walked in the room and <laughs> took you away with <laughs> with his petite stature? With what? <laughs> with what? Oh, yeah. girl. Oh, oh, yeah. And what's even more interesting is that he's not famous yet. This is unfamous job oh. rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was a purely attraction. What? Yes. He had no power of fame yet. Oh, it was just shit. nothing. Little old job rule. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he, he stays in the picture from start to finish. He's mm-hmm. there. The whole time. And yeah. it, it just really made me think of him uh, in the Firefest documentary. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's our latest memory of him is the Firefest. Yes. Yeah. Where yeah. he's yeah. like so drunk and he's like, you're the oh DP, right? Crazy. We're going to get a shot of all the girls running into the ocean naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like slurring. Yeah. Anyways. So. Oh, my God. She's like, he's the best lover. He's the best man. He's the best yeah. ever. Really? She's like, but then, yes, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's her she, love, and, man. Yikes. And then she's like, but then there was someone who captured my heart so intensely. I chased them oh, around no. town. I would do anything to be with them. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. It was, it was it, Fred Durst. That was, was Fred, Fred Durst, Durst. right? <laughs> Who I had to Google because I barely remember what this man looks like. I don't know if he's been doing music still. I don't remember. <laughs> but when you Googled him, what was your impressions of his looks oh, upon God. remembering? He looks like he smells. Yeah. He looks he looks like he's currently on something. Yeah, like I true. don't I don't trust this man. No. He is just he's just a little tubby guy yeah. in black mm-hmm. t shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. so wild remembering that it was like Limp Bizkit's the fucking coolest. Right. <laughs> oh my God. And she's just like, I have to have him. He's playing hard to get. I'll do anything to get hard him. Hard to get? Fred yes. Mm-hmm. Hard to get mm-hmm. with Prince. Oh my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. He should be so wow. lucky. Yeah, and then right? 
And then he, uh, and then she's like, oh my God, that piercing on his penis was amazing. Amazing mm. at what though? Like amazing. I know. I don't, I don't accoutrements I on a penis to me, they are so <laughs> unnecessary. You don't like me. an accessorized dick? I've never, you know, I've never had the desire for an accessorized dick. A bend is enough. A bend, <laughs> yeah. like, you know? <laughs> If the accessory, if the piercing was just like a full on clutch that added, I don't know, 10 inches. Right. An extender. Right. 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 An an extender. Functional. Yeah. Yeah. A diamond proportion. Then I'd be in. I don't understand what a little metal thing. It would scare me. There's enough enough with penises that are out of reveal. I don't also need, you know. (laughs) You don't don't need a a, a wig reveal on the penis. Yeah. So then literally at the moment he comes, he leaves the room and, and never comes back again. We don't see him again after all the chasing and the begging and the pleading. And that scene with Fred Durst, that, that moment with Fred Durst was like really disturbing for me. You could really see her like desperation for love and attention. Mm. Yeah. Cause she had, she had lots of guys, but Fred Durst was a new one. And the fact that he was kind of like denying her and doing this cat and mouse, it just drew her in more. Mm. And you could, could feel that like kind of addiction that she had to needing to win the attention of someone. Yeah. 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 And I think there is so much to be said and connections to be made that I don't think were made in the book. And so I actually don't even know if I have them now, but like Mm -hmm. sexual power was the only power she was ever given in her life. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. only lasted as long as she could sexually entice a person. And that was the only time she had respect. The only time she felt she she had agency, it became a financial um, transaction, which was also something she'd never been given in life. But then it becomes, I couldn't, I mean, she really writes it as like, I loved sex. I loved giving head this way. Like it's Mm -hmm. written as like uh, erotica. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if that was something she truly felt or felt she had to do to sell the book. I I really don't know, but I I have to assume she really was fulfilled from these experiences, which would make me happy. I would like that more. Yeah. There's one thing that stood out to me too. I wrote a quote actually from the iced tea section. Yeah. She used the term make love. Like we were making love versus I had sex. She did that a lot. And I think it was very, yeah, yeah, I think it was very intentional. There was a, there was a quote from the IT segment where she said, when we made love, it's like he was feeding me. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like this very flowery, poetic (laughs) language to dress up something that for the rest of us is very disturbing. Yeah, And I don't know if, I don't know if as she's writing it, she's she's using the mindset of at that time when she felt like was making love or if she now still feels like as she was writing this book that she would call it making love. Um, But that was something that stood out to me. Like I I was never seeing any of this as love, but she used that term. Yeah. yeah. And that those were some of the phrases that made it hard to listen to because you would go from something Mm. that was just like so traumatic, so awful into Ice tea was feeding me with his dick, and I was just like, I'm. I don't think I'm strong enough. <laughs> like, I think I. I need like. It, it was tough. I mean, yeah. she also with the Fred Durst that reminded me. She was like, it was so sexy what they were doing that glass containers of marbles 
spilled all over the floor of like the fancy hotel, like his hands and her, like they were not like marbles were spilling everywhere. And I was like, mm-hmm. she's painting the scene. I was gonna say, she's trying to paint the moment, create a moment, paint the pictures. Wow. Paint the pictures mm-hmm. Yes. And then she gets into someone who she says, because she loves him and actually has such a deep, adoration and connection with him that she says she's never going to name him. She calls him Papa. Mm-hmm. Papa. And the yeah. kind of, the only detail we get is that he has like slightly squinty eyes. And so at first I thought mm-hmm. it's Usher, but then later Usher comes into the book. We so, meet Usher. <laughs> so did you have an idea of who Papa was? I have one more guess. I, I wasn't sure. I think I, I think at one point I was thinking maybe Dr. Dre. I was trying to think of someone who was more. But then Dr. Dre mm-hmm. comes then into the book. Yeah. Exactly. So I was like, wh- who's like an older school, old Damn. school hip hop head? Like, I- I'm not sure. Well, <laughs> then let's get to oh the next gosh. one, which is she meets a guy who yeah. she's like in a movie with, which is big. She's in a, a like big mm-hmm. movie and she falls in love. Well, yeah, I think she falls in love with him. Yeah. It's before he's famous and it's Vin Diesel. Yeah. Oh, she has a yeah. type. Good old Vin. Wow. Wow. I know. Okay. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I didn't really think anything interesting came of that. Did you? Yeah. No, I don't think it was anything noteworthy. I think this is, I think what I got from that section was her trying to show restraint, I think, because she was trying to be respected as an actress and professional. And the director, it was an F. Gary Gray, told her, you know, if any, if you don't remember anything, just don't have sex with, you know, you know, your coworker. Respect that one rule. And so we kind of feel this like tension the whole time between her and Vin, and then, you know, finally it happens. And but, then, yeah, which is like yeah. that's a big name to make this book, I will say. Of like mm-hmm. I was oh, with yeah. Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. um, right, right, because he's outside of hip hop. He's, yeah. he's like a Hollywood actor, I guess. Yeah, 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 and he's like he's not famous when she's with him, but like is mm-hmm. hugely famous when this. I think when this book is coming out, mm-hmm. and then mm, true. Okay, then Shaq shows up. No, no, I, oh, I remember Shaq. this story coming out. <laughs> you do? I remember what do you, when this came out. Like, what do you oh, remember I, of of? of when it came out, like what's in your, what's the headline? I feel like it was when we were in college. When was this? Was this like, were we in high school? We were in college. I think we might've been in like high school. We were in high school. Okay. We were in high school and that's when blogging was big. And yeah. I remember mm-hmm. there was a blog. I, it wasn't Ooh. naked with socks on. It was a different blog. Boss okay. Bossip, maybe. Bossip. Yeah, it, it definitely made it to <laughs> okay, Bossip. Okay. And um, YBF. Definitely made it to YBF, for YBF, sure. YBF, yes. <laughs> but I remember... Young, black, and fab. Yeah, young, black, and fabulous. I remember um, thinking that him and then Jay-Z, a lot came out about Jay-Z's penis, about how he just lays there, how his dick looked like a two-liter Coke can. People said they looked like a two-liter like thing that, of coke. Not from Corinne though, just <laughs> not from Corinne. This is like okay, okay, just yeah. around okay. stories. Okay. But mm-hmm. I remember okay. the Shaq story because he was an athlete, and that was yes. a different mm-hmm. one than like a hip hop guy. A hip hop, mm. yeah. and he's ginormous. So, he's ginormous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And then and he this... had a reality show. He had a dating reality show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> was, oops. The story in this book is like. He's what like, hey, it? I'm going to put you up in an apartment. What? I'm going mm-hmm. to, yeah, I'm going to like yeah, furnish it. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Ice-T is still paying for her nanny mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. takes care of her son full time to the point where when the book begins, she says her son has been with her nanny for three months and they don't know where she is. 
Yeah. The nanny and the son don't know where Corinne is, and she's off with yeah. either Ice T or mm-hmm. Jack in either apartment. No, she's no, she's like fully Just, I, when, when the book starts. Here. Yeah, when the yeah. book starts, she says like my nanny doesn't know where I am. My son's been with her for like three months. Yeah, and, but the nanny's always paid for at first by mm-hmm. Ice T, and mm-hmm. then like after a couple years, Ice T cuts her off, and then okay. other people mm-hmm. come in to pay. Start to come in. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Was Shaq was Shawnee at this point? Was was he married to Shawnee? Shaq was married. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. He was. Yep. And he puts yep. her. This is also, I, I, and, and I guess this is just like my naivete where I, where I'm like, you know, it's so, it takes so much work to cheat when you're married and yeah. you're a celebrity, an athlete like him. Right. You're really putting your name on leases. Like on full leases. You're sending <laughs> furniture deliveries, that. like just to, sometimes cheat and i guess he wanted mm-hmm. her just like hold up in the apartment waiting for him anytime, anytime. he wanted which is yeah disgusting yeah. as a desire yeah it's like an oh it's a power mm-hmm. and like an ownership thing she's fully dependent on him he knows financially she ain't got it and even w- there was a part where he was like for helping her phone her to place and he's like yeah i want a couch that's big enough for me the bed that's big enough for me uh. like he was he was planning to pop in and this is his like second home with his one of his multiple side girlfriends like mm-hmm. very bizarre yeah. unbelievable and she is still trying to like make a name for herself and she dates other people mm-hmm. and so he cuts her off after three months but mm-hmm. the thing we have to share is that he meets her and he says I know I'm really tall, uh, so I don't want you to be surprised when my dick is not. <laughs> is, yeah. And she's like, huh? And then she's like, yeah, it was an exceptionally normal dick. Mm-hmm. Ew. And he has like a size. She also pointed out he's like seven foot five, whatever, yeah. and a size like 25 foot. Yeah. But don't, don't y'all forget that penis was very average. Wow. Like she yeah. made sure to let us know. Yeah. 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 Which is like, mm. ooh, it can't. Maybe that's what makes you purchase an entire apartment to cheat on your loving wife. Yep, <laughs> like, gotta be. I mean, wild. Yeah. And then she, so she's like part of, not part of, but she's like with the whole Murder yeah. Inc. crew, Murder right? Inc. Mm-hmm. Oh, with Irv mm-hmm. and everybody. Yes, oh, Irv and, and Ja Rule. Ew. She was really linked with Ja Rule, like. A lot. She really loved him, it seemed. Um, really? But was, yeah. like, part of the Murder, Inc. crew, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, and then like, she does music videos for a long time. Mm. She's basically mm-hmm. trying to... She says she's trying to be as racy as possible, to get as much attention mm. as possible. So, okay. before mm-hmm. directors show up to the set, before stars show up to the set, she'll just, like, she'll take her top off in suntan. So, then mm-hmm. when she show up, she's fully nude. I, I mean, like, it's interesting to look back where she would say like, oh, I, I was the only girl on set who would wear pasties because all mm-hmm. the other girls would be like, that would ruin my life. And she's yeah. like, I'll do it. And now it. Yeah. when you look at what's in, what's in music videos these days, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that's nothing. Yeah. It wouldn't even matter. Nothing. Yeah. 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 But then yeah. she kind of moves on from Murder, Inc. And she becomes Gotti's, as she says, party favor. Ew. That was also really sad. Yeah. Like, what did you think was, of that section? Um, he was, yeah, he was shooting her like a party favor. He was passing her around to friends. Ew. He would send her out, like trafficking her, essentially. Um, and she, th- there was a part I wrote down. She said at this point in her life, as she's having sex, she expected to receive money. 
in return. Right. Like she expected to be taken right. care of. Like she looked at sex as some type of exchange. So it wasn't really her thinking poorly about Irv passing her around. She was kind of part of the system because it was her means of survival. Like she, um, you know, a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. She essentially lived mm-hmm. like man to man. Mm-hmm. That was her means of surviving through this, this, this life. Okay, we're going to take a quick break right now, and we'll be right back. Sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sydney Battle and Matt Balasai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. I started this podcast because I have been obsessed with memoirs my entire life. And I can't believe it, but I got to write my own. And it comes out on June 4th, and you can order it right now. The book, you know, I was asked to describe it, and I said, it is an absolutely harrowing, traumatic memoir, but funny. So if that sounds good to you, order it. Let me give you some topics that are in this memoir. A female best friendship breakup. How I got my break into Hollywood. When I found out my dad was not my real dad. The time I dated a magician. Are those last two related? Who's to say? Read the book. Growing up in Utah. Growing up around cults. How I got into therapy. Listen, I could keep going. Each chapter title is a different woman's name in my life. Some are heroes. Some are motherfucking villains. But you know what? A villain and a hero, what are both of those things? A leading role. And we do love women in our leading roles. So pre-order the book. It matters a lot. I linked everywhere that you can buy it in the show notes, but you know, go anywhere. Also, I am reading the audiobook personally. So I'm personally narrating it. So if you like this podcast, get my longest podcast ever. And the audiobook is also available for pre-sale everywhere you get audiobooks. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You are the reason I got to write a memoir. So thank you so, so much. Okay, let's dive back into the episode. It wasn't really her thinking poorly about Irv passing her around. She was kind of part of the system because it was her means of survival. Like she, um, you know, a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. She essentially lived mm. like man to man. That was her means of surviving through this, this, this life. Yeah. And there were times where she had like beautiful condos, multiple cars in the garage, mm-hmm, designer mm-hmm, bags, mm-hmm. designer clothes, like, and then... She also, another thing she does, she, she acknowledges there's drugs and drinking and that she had an addictive personality, but she never really tells you what I think is the truth, which is that she is heavily using drugs throughout this. And, um, so the money like comes and goes depending on like who she's with and what's going on and like what parties she can get into. Mm -hmm, Gotti sounds mm -hmm. like a monster. And one night P Diddy comes in and it says, uh, can I have her? Mm Mm-hmm. 
And, he's a monster too. And, yeah. He's yeah. a monster. Yeah. And she's like so excited to be with P. Diddy, I think yeah. because of yeah. the power it would mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then she's like, yeah. sex with him was beyond just okay. I was going like, to say, I know that shit is <laughs> mid. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine oh, God. being p diddy and it's like limp biscuit rocked it yeah, yeah mm. but, but i'm <laughs> but i'm i've okay. got i'm yeah. a c plus oh right you know which is also like the power of these confessions too of you know being able to yes. say that and yes. then she does two things where she says uh he's she shows up later at another party with P Diddy. She's excited to see him. And he mm-hmm. tells who she's with, like, watch out. She will get you on camera with her fingers in your booty hole. Yes. <laughs> Which, yeah. She was, she was with exhibit at that time. That's right. She was with exhibit and Diddy said this off the wall shit. Oh God. And she and exhibit are very confused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, where does that come from? I sort of have the feeling that if, P. Diddy had been like, will you put your fingers in my butthole? She would have written it. He requested mm-hmm. fingers and booty hole. I did it. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether I, mm-hmm. you know, however she felt about it. I think she would have told us. Mm-hmm. Instead, mm-hmm. it seems like a different woman or mm-hmm. a, or occasion had got him on videotape mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. doing butthole play. And then maybe he thought it was her. I also think we're in the year yeah. where like men can't have their butts played with, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 Not yet. We're it not there yet. Sh- yeah. Very yeah. yeah. Are we there now? I, I think, think so. We are. I think we are. I think we're there. Mm-hmm. There's definitely more acceptance for it. Yeah. Cul- Back then, though, no. Yeah. yeah. Back then, no. Culturally, now, anyone can have their butthole played. Yes. 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 Um, <laughs> yes. But then she says he takes them to a gay club. And the rumor about P. Diddy has been that he mm-hmm. is gay. And this yeah. was mm-hmm. her wow. sort of shading that the rumor. Yeah is true mm. yeah you can tell who corinne is on good terms with and who she's not yes you oh, could tell because as you said if she was the one that put the finger in the booty she would have said it yeah mm-hmm. i think so mm-hmm. yeah because she already aired out other stuff with diddy and she's clearly not trying to protect diddy in any way shape or form so yes yes and then this is when she says i was 24 and she's already gone through this horribly abusive marriage her, i believe her son is two or three right now mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. In Hollywood, she's already been a video vixen. She's already been in a yep. movie. She's done auditions. It was it was just a lot of life. A lot mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And after that, I almost want to do the sound cue. DMX enters the picture. Oh my oh, god! Oh yes. Oh jeez. Oh, rest now, in peace, Earl. Damn. <laughs> I know. And I, I, Natasha, I want to know what your highlight was. But my highlight was that mm-hmm. DMX believes that. Car crashes don't kill people. Seatbelts kill people. And he doesn't let her wear one. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. She talks about how just like reckless of a driver he was and just like how reckless, um, how chaotic their relationship was. I think they both were very probably deep into substance abuse at that mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was also during a time where she was kind of like kind of in the midst of like a come to Jesus moment. Like she was dabbling with trying to get out the lifestyle, but then she got sucked back in and uh, the DMX era was just reckless and driving fast and, and yeah, just wild times. They had like yeah. crazy arguments in public and all kinds of just like erratic behavior. But then she says that they're still really good friends now, mm-hmm. which is wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Then Bobby Brown. Then Bobby. And oh, he no. is 
This, uh, uh, did you guys watch the Whitney movie that just came out? No, ma'am. I think you, I only saw the Lifetime one. <laughs> why didn't you watch it? We know that lady's life. Uh, We're I know. We've seen lady. so many documentaries yeah. and docu-miniseries mm-hmm. and Lifetime and reality We know her shows. life inside and reality shows. Reality I know enough about Whitney. <laughs> I know too much about her. No, way too yeah. much about that lady. That mm-hmm. is so funny. I thought the actress who played her was unreal yeah like she better yeah. win every award and then also so you tell me this since you i i've only, i guess i've taken in maybe a tenth of the whitney content you have <laughs> i've seen some whitney stuff but okay. this was the one that really opened with her being queer and yeah. how mm. being a queer woman like mm-hmm. influenced her getting into this and the and the men that she chose and i just was really that part of her story has never really been included in popular culture. They yeah. keep trying to be like, you know, they try and keep yeah. trying to like brush Shushing it aside. It. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So I, lo- so I loved it. I, that's mm-hmm. why, cause it was just like the first one that really, what, what was the book that was written mm-hmm. about from her partner's From Robin, um, right? We're Robin, also, that's right. Robin. Oh, yeah. Me and Natasha are both from New Jersey around Newark where Whitney's from. And so where we know. From. <laughs> you know a lot. Okay. Well, back into Bobby Brown. He is fully married to Whitney yep. when he is with Corinne. And yep. she basically finds an ATM card that only has Whitney's name on it. Mm-hmm. And then she checks it and the balance is $17,000. And to her, it makes her feel like he's on a tight Whitney leash and he spends all his time telling her that he did not get Whitney on drugs and that he is a member of Al Qaeda mm-hmm. and helped uh, them find he Osama did. bin Laden. He mm-hmm. did clean mm-hmm. that. I remember that now. <laughs> Fuck. Wow. Body, Bobby was, yeah, going through it. Yeah, still she is. She was also like, <laughs> still is, yeah. Um, she also paints Bobby like they, like they were seriously in love. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. was one of the, I mean, she talks about him in a very similar way. She talks about Ja Rule, I would say, and Ray J. Ja Rule, Ray J, and Bobby Brown were the three that stuck out to me as like the loves of her life in a sense. But yeah. It, it's so, it's so, and I know I'm like such a ninny, but like it pains me that he is married to Whitney. Yeah. And to read, mm. obviously I knew he was like cheating constantly, but it's just like to, mm. to, to read like, Dang, like I, my, I don't mm-hmm. know. I just get very like you are, you're a married man. You gotta stop this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really loved when Corinne uh, slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> she slapped him <laughs> to get him to shut the hell up about fucking Al Qaeda, whatever the hell he was talking about that day. Yeah, he and then he falls, as- he falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my, oh my god. god. And then yes. the book ends. The final mm-hmm. guy. The book ends with Justine. Who do you think it is? The final guy. The book ends with. Okay, we're going from Bobby Brown. Is it? Oh, it's got to be Usher, huh? It's Usher. Yeah, yeah. Usher. yeah. it is Usher. Mm-hmm. And the Usher stuff is raw. He, it's really? awful. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's. Mm-hmm. Well, Usher was out here back then. He was also very young. This was Usher like sophomore album. He was like, yeah. damn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super and young. At this point in her life, it's really hard to follow everything, but she is she has this period where she's homeless and living in her mm-hmm, car mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. and her son lives in the car with, with her, her, but also yeah. has this nanny's house. He can like stay at. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. but then also it, it just a lot, there's a lot of timeline stuff where like, I didn't know where we were. And and then she would, yeah. um, 
She said she would have to pretend she didn't have any problems in order to get back into the lifestyle of sleeping with these men. But if she told Uh, them, like, I'm really struggling, I need bills to pay, that they would all hang up on her and wouldn't help her. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, too, was kind of, without saying it, really talking about her substance abuse. Because I feel like she was, I think she was, not think, she was supporting a habit. And it was Mm -hmm. probably very well known among these guys that she is an addict. And so... It was, I think it was less these guys like, oh, we're done with you, girl, but more so like, I'm not trying to give you money to go get drugs or get alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, she doesn't really say it in that way. Yeah, no, that, uh, that's a really good point. It's not, it's not super acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is absolutely what, what is going on at the time. It's really tough too, because her son will disappear from the book. So sometimes we hear about him, sometimes we don't. So it's really hard to know. Like, but then she'll describe like these huge trips that she goes on or, or like, she's like, I was in Miami for three weeks and you don't know where her son is. Like, is he there? Is he not there? Mm -hmm. That stuff's really painful to read. Mm -hmm. And then with Usher, his PR rep, so his public relations rep calls Mm -hmm. Corinne and they plan a surprise for him. I was Mm -hmm. like, Okay, so she's like planning a part of, you know, my dark ass. She's planning a party for him. (laughs) Then the PR rep picks Usher up and Corinne is in the back of the car fully naked. And then. Okay, I remember now. They (laughs) have sex in the car and I think the PR girl is there too. I didn't know if she got out or not. I really didn't know. I didn't know. And then she puts on a robe and Usher like walks her through this hotel. And it's like very clear that like they just had sex. And then he's like Mm -hmm. walking her publicly through this hotel. Mm -hmm. And this is like part of the surprise for him, I guess. Like Mm -hmm. he's like getting off on it. Yeah. 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 And then they go into a suite and they have sex again. And the moment he comes, he doesn't Mm -hmm. say a word. He gets up. He goes mm-hmm. to the, the suite door. You know, in hotel rooms, there's like a door that leads to another room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He opens that door, mm-hmm. goes in it, locks it, and is and has moved on to another girl. In another a, in, girl. In an, the adjoining suite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Usher Raymond. Usher Raymond. I know. I was like, okay, he's... This is a young usher, new to Hollywood, just going absolutely wild. Yeah. Yeah. Going just, wild. Yeah. And then... Yeah. The book starts to end, and I mm-hmm. did not realize we were at the end of the book. She was <laughs> like, <laughs> she sort of talked a little bit in the previous chapters about maybe finding God and having mm-hmm. God to talk to her to, like, in her words, like, get off these streets, uh, get out of okay. the clubs. Yeah. But, but then the Usher stuff's still happening, and then we get, like, what sounded like a paragraph of, like, I thought I was finding my worth in these men, but now I'm going to find it in myself, and then... And then she says, if I were to do it, if if I had to do it all over again, would I? She said, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She has a book. I I mean, but in it, I mean, she described periods of her son sleeping on, you know, in a hotel that another guy was paying for night to night because she didn't have a house and locking Mm -hmm. herself in the bathroom with a knife and a bottle of whiskey and spending Mm -hmm. the evening cutting. So it was just like, yeah, yeah, it was so tough. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the the book was over. 
Yeah, it ended a bit abruptly. She kind of like tiptoed into her, as I said, like her come to Jesus moment. She's giving herself to God. She's trying to get off the street. She's praying more, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, but then talks a bit about her like struggle with like being lonely and depressed and kind of, you know, straddling the line between getting out the life and in the life. And then the book ends. And so you don't really get much resolve besides, you know, she's being a bit more self-reflective and she's coming around to maybe looking back at her life with some, um, a little bit of like awareness, but I'm very curious to hear about book two because yeah, I want to know what happened. Book two comes just two years later. Mm -hmm. So that really makes okay. sense. I will say book mm. one was marketed as Superhead is going to tell you about all the mm -hmm. fucking Hollywood guys mm -hmm. and you open it and it's like yeah. a severely traumatized woman just trying to survive. Yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> I'm kind of shook that that was the press and that was the impression everyone had, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. that, and that they were still calling her Superhead, which mm -hmm. came from, you know, loving to give head or yeah. giving head really well. Okay. Yeah. So Justine, mm -hmm. take us into the second book. Yeah. Tell us where tell us what where it picks up. So second book, mm -hmm. my girl is living off that advanced check, okay? She is <laughs> loving life. She has her mm -hmm. own money, I guess. I didn't oh, okay. I didn't know the Corinne who you guys knew who was living straight off of men. I know this mm -hmm. Corinne who is attempting to manage her residuals and advances from HarperCollins. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> Or Simon Schuster, whoever it is. And so she yeah. is oh. kind of like, uh, she almost kind of has her own agency. She calls herself an author a lot, which I think oh. is a reach. Okay. But there we are. Okay, I remember reading a book and she wrote it. So I guess it is. <laughs> That's true. She's an author. <laughs> so we go in and we meet her there. And she's going to parties like herself as Corinne Steffens, right? And, you know, like she's she's mm -hmm. invited to things without anybody yeah. else type of thing. And then she meets a guy who is very flamboyant, who is kind of her like creative director. Like, Chelsea, I know you read uh, Erica Jane's book. He's the Mikey mm -hmm. of Erica Jane okay. mm -hmm. type okay. of thing. Um, mm. And so they kind of stick together. They have similar traumatic childhood stories-ish, similar relationship sex. So they get together, mm. right? And they're like, okay, I'm going to be your look guy. I'm going to go with you everywhere. So he goes with her everywhere. She starts touring on and talking about how she was talking about the book on wellness kind of platforms like Oprah. She talks mm, about her oh. hair on Oprah. And I had to Google it. I highly recommend you Google it because it is really quite something. And then she also talks a little bit about Tyra. And I wish she talked more about women in this, in yes. these books, because mm. we know kind of, we all know that Tyra is like an actual terrorist. Right. But we don't know like the behind the scenes of it. We all know the front of the scenes of it, but not the behind the scenes. She said the behind the mm. scenes is terrible. She talks about Tisha Campbell a little bit. Um, but I mm. wish even in the first book that she talked more about Ashanti. If she was with the Murder Inc. crew, she was probably around Ashanti, who is doing her own publicity tour against Irv Gotti because mm. he is crazy right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, but you know, her um her relationship with her mom yes, is such yeah. a one-to-one -one um. of all women are out to get me. Yeah. All women yeah. are here to ruin me. Okay. No woman can be trusted. Yeah. And I, yeah. it's, it's me versus women on the power yes. of men. And yes. so yeah. Got I think you. she just I, I'm I'm actually just happy there are women in the second book who are spoken about, which which feels like good healthy growth. Except mm -hmm. it's Tyra, so maybe we're going in the other direction. I know, but I, I don't mean, know. I don't think she's lying, though. I think. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, 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 no. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then she opens up and she gets to Bill Maher and she calls him a mentor at first. No. A mentor. A mentor. Yeah. A mentor. mentor. I'm sure he loved it. He was like, yeah, you know, Papa sure was like, did. call me Papa. Bill Maher is like, call me a mentor. Oh, mentor. Because he went from yeah. mentor to then boyfriend, love of life, right? Love, love of her life. Like the guy who made her the businesswoman she is, the guy who took care of her. And at the very end of the book, she wraps it him up in saying that he was the only man worthy enough to be a father figure to her son. Like, so then she started calling him daddy. So he went from mentor to boyfriend to daddy, openly calling him oh daddy in the God. book. What? Yes. This is a, an auditory medium. So I need everyone listening to know that my jaw has unhinged itself <laughs> from my mouth. And it has oh rented an apartment across town <laughs> where it will live forever. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, I'm sad. so... I have felt bad for her son this whole time, never more than I think about Bill Maher being a father figure. Yeah, oh. him and Bobby Brown were the two who she had, yeah, that hmm. she let get close to her son and would drive him around hmm. and all this other stuff, um, which was very interesting. So she likes Bill Maher the whole time. She's the like, whole he's time. The whole time. She's like, nobody D- was better than Bill, but, but, well, but that Bill. But then again, yeah. Does she drop details on their sex life? No, Mm -hmm. not really. Why do you think Bill Maher is impervious to bad press? Like, it seems like he (laughs) can survive anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Why can he? That's a really interesting question because he has said the N word out here. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, really, the only thing that got him was that 9-11 comment. I don't even remember. Right? Yeah. He, he was taken off mm-hmm. air for a couple of years, came back strong. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he he really dabbles in that audience space of libertarian, like libertarian yes. without saying it. Yeah. We don't yeah, say it yeah, out yeah. loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. we're, skept- we're skeptical, smart liberals. Yeah. But like, that's yeah. the space he's in. And he's just, he'll live forever. Okay. So Bill Maher's there the whole time, but they're, mm-hmm. they're not in like a monogamous relationship. No, no, no. But she's okay. deeply in love with him. Then she moves on to then. Oh my God. She gets into some older men. She gets into Teddy Pendergrass. Who was what? Teddy elderly, Pendergrass? Isn't elderly. He, like, isn't he a paraplegic? Yeah, sure was. <laughs> Wow. Yep. Okay. And very old. Very old. (laughs) But was was one of the finest men walking around. Like back in the day was fine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was kind of like a a box to check kind of for her. Yeah, he was born in nineteen (laughs) fifty and died in twenty ten, which yeah is is three years after the book. The book. Oh. That you're, yeah, you yeah. read. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So that was that was fun. Okay. Yep. And That's then an era. That is certainly an era. And then she <laughs> met Bobby Brown. She says that she met her match in Bobby Brown. Wait, mm. So Bobby mm. Brown is in book one, and then he comes back around in, in book, book two. two. Into yeah. unbearable. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, and that's how <laughs> even uh, Natasha was hinting to like this is hinting to her addiction met my match hinting to her her own addiction mm, right uh-huh. mm, okay see. okay okay 
Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, she was giving him wow. money. She was like, yeah. She's giving him money. She was giving him money. Listen, yeah. we got to hand it to Bobby Brown. Okay. okay. This, I <laughs> mean, how did you... <laughs> you got her to support you? Yes. Right. Oh, my That's God. That's not how this works. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. And he was one of the people who went in the middle of her um, getting all this money. She was kind of like mismanaging it. And then she had a psychotic break and her son was taken from her for two weeks. Oh. Which was crazy. Oh, wow. She had to go to parenting classes. She had to go to see a psychiatrist twice a week um, for mm. six months, I believe. And he was taken from her for two weeks and she visited him every day. And I think mm. while that was absolutely horrendous to listen to, I do think it kicked her into a higher gear of responsibility as a mother. Because I think before yeah. she was thinking of mothering, how a lot of people think about fatherhood, which is just money and just mm-hmm. provision, she was now thinking like, oh, no, I need to be around for my son. I need to raise this young man. Right. Um, Which is, you know, she had such a monstrous upbringing. Where would mm-hmm. she have learned exactly how to be a parent? I think yeah. for her, the fact right. that she probably wasn't beating her child or try, actively trying to ruin his life was was being a good mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Definitely. she she had the psychotic break and it was it was over. And then Bobby came mm-hmm. back, came in, came back, came in, came back. Yes. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and had a real hold on her. And then and then she started messing with Ray J and then she I I can't I can't and then she was the one who told Bobby Brown that Ray J was fucking Whitney Houston (gasps) yes so it was like a foursome no 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 no. she was the one who called Bobby and was like your wife's getting fucked by Ray J yeah but she was fucking Bobby Brown she was fucking Bobby she was fucking Bobby Brown and Ray J yeah (laughs) Right. Mm-hmm. That, so, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, a, I guess, so a square. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, yeah, like, Ray J, like, again, what? again, like, I'm not here for cheating at all. Yeah. If you're going to do it, a modicum of intelligence, a moment yeah. of, mm. of thinking something through. Yeah. Just like, yeah. maybe don't cheat <laughs> with Corinne and Whitney. And Whitney. <laughs> like, and Whitney. Why, oh sirs? Why? Yeah. But Ray J wanted her to be the one to tell Bobby. They agreed that Corinne oh, would be the one to it? tell Bobby. Yeah. And Corinne, Why? well, oh. Corinne couldn't get enough of the, she was describing right before the call, how she just knew he would be like so gagged and gooped because she was like, your woman, your wife is getting fucked by a younger man who can like literally throw you like across the room. And Mm. he just, she just couldn't wait to reveal this to Bobby. And that would be her last, you know, moment with Bobby Uh, Brown that she would finally be one up of him. Mm, um, that, mm-hmm. that is that mm. it also kind of goes back to that theme of like when you are so disempowered um, as a woman yep. financially mm, um, mm-hmm. all the ways she could be disempowered that the only ways to gain power yeah. are through things like this and like what you do to uh, financially live but also feel like a person of worth yes yeah 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 wow. yeah wow it was okay that was wild that was wild okay yeah so then he was gone yeah. Daddy Bill's still in the picture. <laughs> still always. She said she will always love them. What's that Bill Maher ending segment at the end of his show? Um, it's like, here's a thought. What's it called? Oh, new rules. He goes, new rules. New yeah. rule. 
So, Jesse, it doesn't seem like you're a fan of Bill Maher's comedy because you're, I don't you're just like, care are you not watching him. this show? Yeah, I, don't, I don't care about that man. I had to Google him. I was like, which white man is this? That's so funny. You know, I worked in late night comedy for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so I think this is really getting on uh, just a little... I don't know, a little bee in my, a bee I know, in my it's like scratching like yeah. an itch that you've had for a <laughs> yeah, long exactly. time. Yeah. A long time. A long time. <laughs> yeah. Like I've always wondered why Bill Maher wears those jeans. And I, now I know. <laughs> so lame. He, he wears like really tight oh, dad God. jeans and leather pants. Ew, and I've what? just always wondered why. And now we have the answers. Like yeah. it is, Gross. it's his id. Okay. Yeah. So is that where the book ends? And that's pretty much where it ends. Yeah. She has like a boy toy. At the end of it, who she doesn't name, um, oh. but so she's like tables have turned. Yeah, exactly. So that's where she gets mm. into the like. It's never about money, but I have this brand new Mercedes that I pick him up in, and we go to the Hollywood parties because I'm invited to them. So she kind mm. of has this f- false sense of power that she has no choice but to fall into. In listening to her, I was like, okay. This person is not, is thinking they're very self-aware because they wrote a whole ass book called Confessions of Me and then mm-hmm. had all this money from it, but is not self-aware in the fact that you know that money is controlling you. You know that money is defining you. Right. You know that your things are defining yeah. you. And she's trying yeah. to like contradict that with her statements. And it's tough to listen to, but also is just the story, the rags to riches story. Mm. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people have this story. You know? mm-hmm. That's just her version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Which is, is interesting too, because I think then later she's going to kind of come through and talk about like what low self-esteem leads women to do. Mm-hmm. Um, poor choices, not believing in God, you know, but it's like, she yeah. really goes in and out of like, like you just said, she believes in it. She wins at the game. She also doesn't believe in it. She loses at the game, yes. which is yes. set up for women to fail. Um, yes. Yeah. Right. I will say I looked her up. I was like, what's her Instagram like? How come I don't follow video? Mm. Vixen? You know, mm-hmm. so I look up her Instagram. She hadn't posted since 2012, um, wow. which made, I don't know why it made me sad, but I was like, you know, I want to know what's up, but she only follows 12 people. One of those follows is Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> but what? I, I was like, oh, in 2012, you know, wow, yeah, yeah, or maybe her account's still live. It was a new follow. Yeah. Maybe she's just on <laughs> for the scroll. But I was like, Taylor Swift. But Taylor Swift sings a lot about men treating you poorly yeah, in relationships and wanting to yeah. find love. She and I was does. like, oh, like, yeah, she be exposing them too, don't she? Yes, she be yes. telling the business. Yeah, she does. Yes. Yeah. And you know, that's true. There was two. I'm really curious what you guys think about this. So kind of going into this is where it's like, Oh, making your, uh, making your name, making your, mm-hmm. like your worth off of mm-hmm. spilling secrets on other people. Mm-hmm. That's a Perez Hilton thing, you know, like that's a, mm. that's not something we super respect. It, however, within her book, mm-hmm. she is, they are in a transaction where they are going to treat her, um, as a sex worker without agreed upon terms yeah. and they're in these transactional relationships. So I was like, yes, spill it. Th- that is their power of running the world. Yeah, like your right. power mm-hmm. can be talking about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But it also kind of reminded me of, have you guys ever read or heard of the glass castle? 
I've heard of it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's a, I think I read this. It's yeah, a memoir. It's a memoir and it's, it's about growing up in like severe, extreme poverty, psychotic right? poverty and how she yes, makes her way out. Oh, and wow. it's, mm-hmm. it's heavily compared to the book, um, educated, which is also about being, mm. uh, which is another memoir. They're like 20 okay. years apart. Mm-hmm. But the Glass Castle woman, I have a weird point here, but the Glass Castle woman that I don't feel like is ever talked about or acknowledged because they're just like, wow, she's she made it out of this wild, wild poverty and escaped. It, what an incredible story. And they never talk about how the job she got coming out of this was as a gossip columnist mm-hmm. and she would mm-hmm. snitch for page six mm-hmm. and go to parties oh. and over here and like kind of work like secrets and whatever. And it just kind of reminds me of like when you want in yeah. that this is like one of the only avenues uh, given to you. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like gossiping yeah. and, and like sort of like, what are, what are your way, what are your ways of entry into a better world when you right. don't have any resources? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I feel like it's hard for us, like it's kind of regular, regular people to really understand because she's operating in a system where like money, power, sex are the currencies. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she's not formally educated mm-hmm. beyond middle school or high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, I think it's easy for people to judge because we operate in a system where, you know, money is our currency, doing good things is our currency. Um, but I tried at, at reading it. I tried not to judge her too much. Cause I, I understood she was living in a different system. Essentially. Yeah. 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 And I, I really love that she wrote a book. Like it, it's yeah. true. It's like, mm-hmm. she did not get education above middle school. Mm-hmm. She lived this life and she really did make a name for herself mm-hmm. and, and took a step out by not even wrote a book, wrote three books. Yeah. She's also like mm-hmm. listed as an editor on other books. And I was like, wow. Mm. Video Vixen can work a scene, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. she works music videos. Like she, I, yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> Good for you. That's why I was like, I got to follow you on Instagram. I want to know what yeah. where you're having for breakfast. So <laughs> <laughs> if you're out there, please Fair log on. Routine. Yeah, log on. <laughs> oh my God. Mm. Yeah, that's probably why she ended her first book so abruptly because she was she knew mm. the second book was coming. Oh, that's interesting. You know, like she's a publicity like mastermind. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's mm-hmm. such a good point. Okay, so. We end every podcast with something I call the book dull test. We'll okay. do it separately for both books. And there's three questions. So let's go first uh, with you, Natasha, and the very mm-hmm. first book, Confessions. First question is, was the author vulnerable and did they share their truth? Uh, yeah. I think she beyond. shared everybody's truth. <laughs> uh, definitely. I think she was vulnerable. I think there's moments where we said she maybe kind of glosses over some things, but I think that could be out of like maybe protection for her own self, like not diving so deep into some harsh memories. Like we said, with cool G rap, it kind of like glossed over suddenly she meant iced tea. Um, but otherwise I feel like she gave her, she gave a very raw truth. I learned some things I probably didn't need to know, but good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely vulnerable. Yeah. I would also say yes. And I cannot I cannot wrap my head around now that I I'm currently in the process of, of publishing my own book, like the legal that have must've gone into this book. I I don't even know how anyone, I'm so any publisher took it. I don't know how she got through it, how she did it. I don't know what the thinking was in 2005. Like, I'm just like, what is monumental 
yeah. mountain to yeah. to list every name. But yes, she yeah. did it. Okay, question yeah. two. Was it entertaining to read? Um, in parts, yes. I, I listened to it. I agree. There's a lot of trauma. We're doing her early life in the first book. So it's a lot of trauma that you have to listen to that is hard to listen to. Um, but some of those scenes, I was like... Let me ride that back. Did I hear that right? Like <laughs> some of it was it was very entertaining. I felt like I was at Diddy's party mm, and mm-hmm. was, you know, this seeing everybody and hearing everything. And so yes, very entertaining. I'm gonna say, because I also listened to it, it's it's a big no for me with listening to it because it was really hard to listen to. Like I said, mm. I'm a little baby. I think if I would have read it, I would have been like, mm-hmm. this is so fascinating. Cause it would have allowed mm-hmm. me to have a little distance from Okay. Um but so I think it's, it's like, yeah. oh, I got to go back to just reading a physical book. To read. Okay. Yeah. Last question. Did reading this book elevate your life in any way? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> elevate? Yeah, elevate that. Uh, no. I think it's definitely, I don't think I'm the audience for this book to elevate. I think this could definitely be a great, maybe required reading for girls who are trying to break into this industry um, to read this memoir of kind of like an OG video vixen. And I think it's definitely could be a cautionary tale of like how to, you know, properly wield your power and live in this system of sex and money, the do's and the don'ts. Um, I think there's definitely an audience for someone to, you know, it would elevate, but not me. I'm too grown and I, I got sense. <laughs> a little more sense. I got I, uh, <laughs> that is exactly, oh, exactly my same feelings. Okay. Justine, mm-hmm. before we get into the book deal test with you, how did you compare this book to the uh, video vixens of 2023? The storytelling. I think that she really, because I think Corinne probably in her ego maniac world think that she paves the way for like every single person on OnlyFans. But really who she mm. paved the way for was Amber Rose. Somebody like that. I, I thought of Amber Rose a right? lot. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Also with the fingers in the booty With hole. the fingers in the booty mm-hmm. hole last bitch. I remember that moment on Twitter. <laughs> Great moment. When, when, when Kanye tweeted when, that. Yeah. yeah. For anyone who yeah. doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but that's the kind of person who, somebody who like stands up for uh, those behind her who have like made it out. Like she's kind of that person. Um mm. And so as far as like horrible lip service, call her daddy, girls got to eat, like all of those people, there's not really that much in common that she has with them, which I think is really, really interesting because those people also have a lot more consent. Like they ask their boyfriends, Mm. can I tell the story on my podcast or whatever the case is, you know, or, you know, I have this podcast before you date me. So, you know, you'll be a part of Mm, it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Which is good. We love consent. More of it. Always. Okay. So book till test Mm -hmm. on her second book, the diaries. Um, First question. Was she vulnerable? Did she share her truth? Yes, she was. She absolutely did. Yep. It was great. Okay. Second question, was it entertaining to read? Very. I was talking back to the audio. I was like, girl, what? Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) Fully have a conversation with Corinne. (laughs) I love that so much. Okay. And uh, third question, did reading that book elevate your life in any way? No, but I do think, as Natasha said, anybody who thinks that like Amber Rose is Jesus, 
you got to read mm. Corinne first. Because mm. mm. I, yeah. I can't wait for Amber's book. I can't, I'm definitely reading that oh one. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know Listen. what that's coming, but I can't The moment wait. it drops, I'm, I'll call you both up. Yes. You got to come back home. Please. Yes. Oh, yes. my God. Because her, she's wild, right? But then her son is like, Einstein. The cutest so little cute. cherub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, she really, like, I've heard Corinne call herself a Joan of Arc for a sexual re- revolution, which yes. I don't think is, yeah. I don't think that took, but Ooh, I no. do think Amber Rose's did with, um, with you the, know, slut the slut walk. walk. The slut walk. Yeah, yeah. and the idea yeah. that, that it is a sexual mm-hmm. revolution yeah. and we do have mm-hmm. agency yeah. with mm-hmm. our sex work and our bodies. And I, right. so yep. I, it's almost as if, you know, Corinne limp biscuit, biscuited. So Amber Rose could Kanye. I could wait. It's Khalifa. Yeah. Could, no, could Kanye. Could Kanye. Whiz Khalifa. Oh, God. Could Kanye. No, not yet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. This was so fun talking to you guys. Will you tell so everyone fun. about your podcast, how they follow you, find you? They have a great Instagram account where they post like all kinds of like memes and facts about reality TV. So I've been loving it. Oh, thanks. Uh, yes, our podcast, Two Black Girls, One Rose, we talk essentially about modern dating, love, sex, relationships through the lens of popular television. Um, we've covered The Bachelor for five years, and now we're jumping into a lot of other shows. Um, we just did Perfect Match. We do uh, Married at First Sight every week on our Patreon. And so we talk about what we can learn, if we can learn anything about dating, love, relationships from these shows. So check us out on all platforms, um, as well as a lot of bonus and fun stuff on our Patreon, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash Two Black Girls, One Rose. I love it. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, listen, Amber Rose, Thank you. hear the call. We'll be back yes. hopefully one day. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Chelsea. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Okay, that is all for this week's episode. You know to hit my Instagram at Chelsea Devantes. It's also where I book club books and I have like conversations before we record these episodes. It's super fun. It's weirdly like a digital book club. Also, if you have thoughts and feelings to say, um, start a conversation in the comments on my Instagram, on Patreon, or on our Facebook group, Celebrity Book Club Podcast. Join our Patreon for just literally a dollar a month or $5 a month. It's a pay what you can option. You get one bonus episode a month on top of all your episodes. Also, you support this podcast, which means the fucking world. You also get perks. I give you like tickets to live shows and stuff like that when it comes up. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash Chelsea Devantes. It's linked in the show notes. And huge shout out to our producer, Kate Downey, our episode engineer, JJ Bouncy House. And I'll see you soon for another book.